Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life? You've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game. And you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, and yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work And you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. How are you doing? I'm so happy you're here. And this is a very important episode. This will help you in all of your relationships and particularly in your romantic relationships. And we are going to dive into how to navigate conflict and what are some of the not so great ways of navigating conflict and some of the Um, ways of being and approaches to conflict that can actually make couples 
get stuck that can actually lead to breakups or even divorce, right? So we're going to talk about what are the things to look out for that you don't want. And then of course, we'll also talk about what you can do instead. I have to tell you all, I'm in the process of moving. And it's so funny, this microphone, my laptop, my whole podcast setup is the last thing I'm packing. So literally my entire office is in boxes, but I'm still here recording this for you. Um, And it just goes to show I love getting to do this work so much. And I always prioritize it. And I love hearing from you all. I know that so many of you will send me messages and tell me how the podcast has changed your life. Thank you for doing that. It really does matter to me um, that this is helpful. So I'm always, always working on how to make this show the very best for all of you amazing listeners. So thank you for your support. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, I am in the process of moving to Montana. I know I shared that with you all. It's finally happening. Uh, Of course, with construction, there's always things that come up. So it's a little bit delayed. So get to Montana, get to an Airbnb, um, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, within two weeks, be in my house that uh, it's like a lifelong dream for me. It's been on my vision board for five years, finally been able to build a home on five acres, middle of nowhere. And I'm so excited about it. I really am. I'm so excited. I just can't wait to be in there, have a new podcast studio, um, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm so excited about today's episode. We're going to talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is from the Gottmans. Gottman therapy is a form of couples therapy. What I love about their work is it's all research-based and there's the Gottman Institute. Um, I know when they did their original research, it was, I believe, out of University of Washington in Seattle. Um, And I'm a big fan. So when I was doing only couples therapy in private practice back in the day, um, I primarily would use Gottman and I would also use Imago and emotionally focused therapy. So I I love a blend of approaches. And what, what I like about the Gottman's work is it's really easy to understand and it's very straightforward and can give you a lot of frameworks. Um, so anyways, happy to go over this with you all because I think it's going to be really helpful. We're going to talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And essentially, these are the things that with research, um, they were able to show that couples that engage in these styles of conflict are much more likely to split up and um, either get divorced or or break up. And I believe the original research was with married couples and kind of the Gottmans were famous for saying that they were able to predict divorce with accuracy and they were and it was based on these styles of conflict so let's talk about it okay the first is criticism so criticizing your partner and 
I think it can be so easy to fall into this. Sometimes we do it unconsciously or we simply grew up in a home where criticism was normal. If you experienced a highly critical parent, it can be really easy for you to be critical to yourself, number one, and then number two, for you to be critical of others. And I think it's so, so important that we work on self-compassion because when we can learn how to be compassionate for ourselves, we can then learn how to be compassionate for others. But it's really important to understand that criticism looks different than giving feedback. So I'm not saying that you never give feedback to your partner or that there's not times where you need to express how something made you feel. But criticism can look like using the words never, right? Like you never think of me or you are so lazy, you never take initiative. Um, Criticism is a lot more close to a put down. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but it's it's more um, making a statement about someone instead of giving feedback, right? So for example, a feedback statement could be, hey, I felt disappointed when you said that you would go on a run with me this morning and instead you slept in. Notice how that's taking ownership of how you feel. It's giving feedback. It's not saying, well, you never do what you say that you're going to do and you're lazy. So criticism, we need to be really aware of criticism. And once again, I know that if you're critical of others, you're critical of yourself. And a really powerful way to start to work on this is to learn how to practice self-compassion. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Dr. Kristen Neff has some amazing resources on this. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, and Neff, N-E-F-F, Dr. Kristen Neff. Um, You can research. She has a great book. Everything she has is awesome. So that'll be really helpful for self-compassion. Okay. What happens with criticism is then it can lead into the second horseman or the second way of being uh, that is really detrimental to your relationships. And that is contempt. Another way to think about contempt, in my opinion, is resentment. Um, But they're, they're using the word contempt. And this is where we are um, really in a place where we can't connect with our partner. Maybe we are sarcastic. Maybe we're even disrespectful. We might mock our partner at some point, right? We we might even um, not be able to engage in conversation. We might find that we're rolling our eyes or we're just going in, in the other room. Getting to a place of contempt or resentment, you're really kind of disconnected. And when you do engage, you're really not able to do it in a in a healthy way. Um, so it's really interesting to know that it is the predictor of divorce. When when the Gottmans looked at research on 
couples, um, they, they did find that contempt getting to that stage was the greatest predictor of divorce, meaning it was the thing that they could most reliably use to predict the outcome of divorce. So I think any couple can get to that place. So I think it's really important to know it's, of course, we can get to a place where we're feeling disconnected and we can't engage and we're in negative cycles of criticism and conflict and you simply don't know how to break it. Um, It's really important to not judge yourself for getting to that place. And then the idea is that instead of staying there, that there are ways to repair. And this is where the real work comes in. And one of the things I teach couples, and it's actually in my book, In Love Magnet, I had to put it in the book. And it's so funny, I had to work on the graphic like eight times. Um, But anyways, it's in there. It's called Dialogue teaching couples how to use dialogue and to have a communication framework so that you can break the cycles of criticism and break being in that resentful, contemptuous place. You have to have communication that goes on a deeper level where it's not just about the freaking dishes, right? It's about how do you feel and what's the story you're telling yourself? And what are the what's the deeper narrative? And w- when we can help couples do that and communicate on deeper levels, can help them break these patterns. Okay. The third one is defensiveness. So you all know, I'm sure, that whether it's you, yourself, or someone you've interacted with, defensiveness is so incredibly unhelpful for navigating any kind of conflict or interaction. When we are defensive, we are not able to see reality. We're also not able to move forward. We're not able to hear each other, right? Um, Defensiveness is so common for people with avoidant attachment style. I'm just going to add that in there. And if you have dated someone with avoidant attachment style, you probably have experienced defensiveness. And I think it's really important to know that that comes out of fear, fear of navigating um, the idea that they weren't good enough. And that's one of the biggest fears with avoidant attachment is that you won't be a good partner. Uh, So I think it's really important to acknowledge that. But this is a really unhelpful response. And when, when couples get into a defensive place, once again, it's usually so much deeper than whatever the topic is about. Um, And I think that if one partner is doing it, it's really easy for the other partner to also be defensive. This is one of those ways of being that can really impact each other. And the opposite, taking ownership, practicing acknowledgement, owning owning up to when you make a mistake, that is also really easy for if one partner is doing that, the other one usually will also join in. 
Um, and I think defensiveness, once again, is just a surface level defense, <laughs> surface level way of being. And it points to something so much deeper, right? It's sort of like the fear that if I own what has happened, if you see something bad in me, will I be abandoned? Am I not enough? That's kind of how I think of defensiveness. Um, and I think once again, to combat defensiveness, it's funny to say it that way, but the antidote to defensiveness is ownership. And that's one thing that my partner and I do so well. We both love taking ownership, sometimes too much, where we're like, no, it was me that I'm, I'm the reason we're late. No, I'm the reason we're late. Like we, we really do take ownership. And that's something that I really, really appreciate about our relationship. Um, that's what I would encourage you to think about is, are there ways that I'm not taking ownership? And if I have a partner who is defensive, is there ways that I can model taking ownership? And then, of course, the other thing that's that's really important to do if you do have a partner that is constantly defensive is can you gently point it out? So saying something like, hey, I've noticed when I come to you about feedback or I share how something made me feel, I notice that you're not able to hear me and your reaction is defending yourself. And I want you to know that I don't feel heard when that happens. And of course, depending on where your relationship is at, you may or may not be able to have that conversation with or without a couples therapist. There's so many variables. Um, but if you feel like your partner's open to working through things and you can have dialogue and you're both invested in the relationship, one way to work with defensiveness is just to simply call it out. And I just gave you a little example there. Okay. I could go on and on about this, but let's go to number four. This is the fourth horseman, the final horseman of the apocalypse. What a what a great name. I love that the Gottmans did that because it just makes it so easy to remember, right? Um, the fourth one is stonewalling. And stonewalling is so challenging. And, and this is where you completely withdraw. You completely shut down. You stop responding. This can happen, obviously. Um, I, I, I'm imagining that there's different scenarios, right? If you're living with someone, this means that you are physically ignoring the person. If you're in those early stages of dating, this is when someone goes completely dark on you on text messages or phone calls. Both are incredibly upsetting. Um, and I'm thinking about attachment and creating secure attachment. And what this does is it creates all kinds of narratives and insecurity. And whatever your attachment style is, when you have that complete disconnection from your partner, of course, you're going to go into a emotionally dysregulated state. And there's all kinds of fears about the relationship. 
Um, so this is a really painful way to navigate conflict. Um, I want to clarify that this is different than assertively asking for space and time apart. I am absolutely a proponent of couples being able to say, hey, I know that we're in this conflict cycle. I'm aware this is really challenging. And when I've tuned in and asked myself what I need, I realize I need some time and space to process. Are you okay with taking some time where we don't talk about this, right? Like there's ways to inform your partner of disengaging from a topic and then agreeing upon when are you going to talk about it again. That's kind of the the caveat is if you're going to table something, you have to come up with, okay, when will we talk about it? Um, so informed pause on a conversation where you express that that's what you need so much different than stonewalling, right? I know in my own past toxic relationship history, I can think of periods where even when even when I was living with a partner where we wouldn't talk for four to five days, sometimes even a week. And I know some of you listening have been through that too. And you know how painful, how anxiety provoking, how just uncomfortable that is. And I want to acknowledge that it's a really hard pattern to break because some of us learned that this is what we do. When when we get emotionally dysregulated, when we feel angry, when we feel hurt, when we feel sad, some of us learned early on to shut down. And it wasn't necessarily a conscious choice. It probably was just out of survival that that's what you had to do in your family growing up, that it wasn't safe for you to actually express your emotions. So I want to have so much compassion for people that go into this state, the stonewalling state. Uh, This can happen for anxious or avoidant people because sometimes with anxious attachment, you just feel so flooded and you feel so emotionally dysregulated that it feels like the only safe thing to do. So I think that stonewalling has a lot of antidotes. And one of the most important ones is learning how to feel safe with your emotional experience and learning how to connect to your inner experience to self soothe. When we don't know how to self-soothe, we do not trust ourselves to communicate well with our partners when we're emotionally dysregulated. So I would really want, if you know that you experience stonewalling or you have a partner that does, I would want you really focusing on self-soothing, learning how to connect to your emotional experience, allowing space for emotions, I think that's a really good way to start to work on how do I sit with emotions and express how I feel instead of um, having a shutdown experience be my go-to. Okay. Those are the four horsemen. Just as a review, we had criticism, contempt, defensiveness, 
and stonewalling, all really unhelpful ways of being in a relationship, all of these do not help us build secure attachment. And these are um, ways of being that can damage a relationship and any relationship, not just romantic relationships, right? And I think what's really helpful, once again, is to think about what can you do instead of each of these. So for the criticism, I know I talked about self-compassion and I talked about how do you take ownership and use I statements. Um, And I think that if you have not learned about healthy communication, I have other episodes that go really in depth into healthy communication. So go listen to those. But just realizing that criticism is not the way to communicate to our partners. And if you're critical of others, you're critical of yourself. And that makes me have so much compassion for you. And you really need to work on self compassion. And then the second one, contempt, aka getting to a place of resentment, right? Um, and this is really unhealthy when when we get here. Um, and I would have you work on appreciation instead. So how can you build a culture of appreciation? between you and your partner, maybe you're practicing gratitude, you're finding ways to really appreciate each other. Um, And then for defensiveness, the third one, I talked about ownership, and that's huge. How can you model ownership for you and your partner? And then if you're able to, how could you call your partner out gently on their defensiveness? And then for stonewalling, I we just talked about that and that was all about how can you learn to self soothe right so that you can get comfortable sitting with your emotions and expressing them. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think this is something really helpful to have in your back pocket so you can recognize these things as they're happening. Thank you to the Gottmans for this research. I know it's really helpful to help so many people around the world. Um, and of course, I just want to invite you, if you listen to this and you're like, hey, I don't know how to do any of those things that you said, or you're like, whoa, I keep finding myself with all of these four horsemen, and you know that you're ready to do the work, I just want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. We have so many amazing women that we're helping, and it's just incredible to see the results, the the women who have totally changed their lives. So I just want to invite you, if you know that it's time for you to do the work, apply. The link is in the show notes. It's also in my Instagram bio. I would be honored to be your coach. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. And of course, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes 
to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.